Hello everyone, welcome to Kingdom City, reclaiming sports journalism for Christ and his kingdom. On this week's episode, the 76ers get 86th from the playoffs, a matchup for the ages brewing in Denver, the Golden Knights lay siege to Canada's last line of defense, and an XFL champion is crowned. Stay tuned, this is Kingdom City. Hello everyone, welcome to Kingdom City. This week in sports has been fantastic and gripping. We've seen records broken, dynasties ended, coaches fired, and champions crowned. I'm Ross Harris, joined as always by my partner in crime and aspiring hockey fan, Gideon Beeler. Gideon, welcome as always. Hello, Ross. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. We have have to lead off our show by discussing what was supposed to be the game of the weekend the hotly anticipated Game 7 showdown between the 76ers and the Boston Celtics. The 76ers were up 3-2 at one point and heading home to Philadelphia to try and put this series away. But Jason Tatum and the Celtics had other ideas. They win Game 6 and bring the series back to the parquet floor to Donnie Wahlberg and the rowdy Bostonians for Game 7. Now, Doc Rivers, head coach of the 76ers, had lost nine Game 7s coming into this game. And every single MVP in NBA history has made a conference final in their career with the exception of one, Joel Embiid of the 76ers. Would that change tonight? Gideon, what happened on Mother's Day in Boston? Man, it was a good game uh, for the first half, I should say. So first half, Boston and Philadelphia are just going pound for pound, punch for punch, blow for blow. Looked good. The Celtics were stars were shining Mm -hmm. Tatum and Brown showed up to play which is what you need come game seven what we often see is your your benches thin out so what I mean by that is the guys who are starting are going to play most of the minutes because it's time to get the job done Mm -hmm. right and that's what we saw and the stars normally shine when that's the case right yeah That, that your superstars to in order to advance in the NBA playoffs we've mentioned this before Got to have some good games from role players, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, your superstars, they have to sh- show up and shine. And man, did the Celtics superstar shine. Jason Tatum showed us that, you know, he is MV- wor- worth some of those MVP votes he got. And so the rec- first half, we go into halftime, and the Celtics are up two. Yes. Very good competitive game. Games living up to the hype. Right. And I'm thinking as a fan watching, hoping this Philadelphia wins, I'm thinking, okay, Celtic stars are carrying them. 76er stars have not performed adequately. Not very many points between Harden and Embiid. And so I'm thinking, this is a great time for Doc to give a great speech. Like, listen, guys, our stars aren't even playing and we're down two. You guys need to wake up, and second half, we're going to roll. That's what I was expecting to happen, and the exact opposite happened. Do you have a Doc Rivers impression of what he might have said to the guys? Rivers impression. Um, I don't know, guys. <laughs> guys, uh, we need to win this game so we can advance. I'm tired of losing game seven. I'm really tired. Of it. Can, could y'all pick me up? Joel, you look like you're walking out there, man. Come on. Gideon. You, you think I want to have 10 Game 7 losses on my <laughs> resume? You think anyone wants that? <laughs> I've had strip throws since I was born. <laughs> Take it. Attack it. 
Attack it. Throw it. Now play the game. He's the most horse communicator ever. <laughs> anyway, all jokes aside, um, the second half was a joke. Yes. It was embarrassing. The Celtics opened up the third quarter on a massive, massive run, and they just put the game away in the third quarter. It was, I mean, I don't remember the exact point totals, but I believe going into half, the 76ers had like 53 points. I thought last I saw the last score I remember before it got out of hand was 55-55. 50, that, so that was right after the second half yeah, opened. So they yeah. were down, I think it was 55-53. Yeah. Going, they were down 53-55. Mm-hmm. And they finished the third quarter with like 60-some points. Yeah, the I saw the... Um, the 76ers outscored, sorry, the Celtics outscored the 76ers 33 to 10 in the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> 33 to 10. Yeah. It was, it was so bad. And Harden, so remember how we talked about in game one mm-hmm. when the pressure's not on? I knew this was coming, yeah. Harden suddenly, ah, I'm playing easy breezy, no big deal. Mm-hmm. I got this. Let me drop 40. But when the pressure's on, yep. that's when playoff James Harden comes yep. and we get. Big old dud. What did he finish the game with? Nine points. Nine points, seven assists, six rebounds. He did not. And how many it. turnovers? He uh, had five turnovers. Yeah. There was one point he had one more point than he had turnovers. I know. It's just all. So I heard um, Grant Hill was on the former Duke, great, yeah, great superstar. Detroit, who great. Yeah, Grant, injuries. He was on. His career. Um, he was on uh, Pat McAfee's <laughs> show this week, and he said something really. Uh, poignant, I thought, for the playoffs. He said, especially with how Jason Tatum played, which we'll get to in a moment, he said, "Super in the playoffs, superstars win your home games, but the bench wins your road games. Mm. And <laughs> if we're talking about a superstar playing well at home... I mean, literally two weeks ago, we were talking about Steph and all this history that he made. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. He'll be this game will be remembered. Game seven will be remembered forever because yeah. he broke the record for most points in game seven, which had I mean hadn't been broken in a long time. I think. Right. Oh yeah, it was a long, long time. He had that record for two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Jason Tatum put up fifty-one. He beat him by one. Fifty-one points, and this is after his game six heroics, mm-hmm. where he kept Boston alive. Well, well, game six. So it was interesting because game six he played so bad. In the first half. He had half, three yeah. points going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then he put up, I think, 16 of their 20-some points. Like, he scored most of their points in the fourth quarter to put Philly away. So it was like, a, it's like, oh, wow, he showed up all of a sudden. Right. And at the end of that game, he goes in to say, like, well, humbly, with, with the fullest humility, I'm one of the best players in the world. And people were laughing because of how he played in the first three quarters and then came alive in the fourth. Okay. He just put up 51. Yeah. Against a great defense in Game Seven, yeah, to keep the Celtics alive and keep them from uh, shrinking into obscurity. Yeah, this was—I mean, it was awesome, man. It was great to see, especially because you know he's a Missouri boy. Yeah, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, he almost went to Mizzou too. He had committed to Mizzou, and then he switched at the last minute to go to Duke. Lost opportunity. Right. So. Speaking of, let's, let's continue with the 76ers here. Gideon, where do they go from here? What do Fire Doc Rivers. He has to go. He's the most overrated coach in NFL, in NBA history. And Bottom probably, line. Yeah. Not a great NFL coach probably. Either. Not a great <laughs> He's really bad at that. <laughs> anyway, you can't lose 10 game sevens in your career. The most in NBA history. Most in NBA history. And lose the most led series 
like he has. Like how many? He, three? he has more three-two blonde leads than any anyone else. He has he has coached some of the best the teams. Best teams like the fact. So everyone's like, oh, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach because he's got he's got a NBA championship in two thousand eight with the with the big three, right? The Celtics, but there's an argument that can be made, Ross, that that actually is a mar on his mm-hmm. resume considering the competition at the time that big three and the, well you also have the fourth and rajon rondo mm-hmm. should have been able to win more than just one exactly right? that's what i would that's what i lean towards especially after watching what we've been seeing mm-hmm. like, i mean because they played together through 2012 yeah, 2013 they competed against uh lebron's miami teams so yeah so you're telling me that the dallas mavericks with Dirk Nowitzki and ninety-year-old Jason Kidd are better than that Celtics. Like, come on, man! They, they and they won a championship. Yeah, two thousand eleven. I think when we look back on this, like we talked about, Doc Rivers ten losses in Game Sevens. What did the Seventy Sixers do with their team? We know, like the coach Budenholzer from Milwaukee, he's around now mm-hmm. to become a new coach. You got to think Philadelphia will be looking towards him for mm-hmm. answers. Um, I think he'll get scooped up by someone else that we'll talk about later, right. though. And but now Embiid is still the only MVP yet to make a conference final. Well, now that Jokic just made one, yeah, right. Because Jokic hadn't made one until I thought he made the bubble one because it's a repeat of the bubble year. Oh, I think I'm pretty sure this Final Four is an exact repeat of the bubble year. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forget the bubble year. That was such a weird year. I think year. we all forget the bubble year. That, that Lakers championship doesn't count. Yeah, right. So speaking of them, let's move to Lakers-Warriors. So we have to move to the City of Angels for this because we had a battle of two superstars in the modern game. LeBron is in his own right. As a person, he is a dynasty himself, spanning 20 years, 20 seasons, three different teams, and his league-wide dominance and duration is almost unprecedented probably unprecedented yeah for sure and he's the all-time scoring leader in the nba and will either lead or come pretty darn close to leading in almost every major statistical category by the end of his career and his dynasty though collides directly against the the golden state warriors dynasty and these almost faded enemies these two always seem to find each other in the playoffs so the question coming in right the question coming in is could steph or clay draymond could they continue their title defense? Gideon, you're a big Warriors fan. Mm-hmm. How did you, what did you think the series would go as, and how did it play out? I believe I was on the record of this podcast saying that I thought everyone was saying that the Warriors should crush the Lakers, and I did not see it that way because mm-hmm. of AD and his power to control the paint um, and the way that the, the flow of the game would work. And if AD showed up, and wasn't streaky AD or injured AD, I think I, I believe I said my Warriors are going to go down. They will lose. And that's exactly what happened. I was hoping it would go seven games. That would have been such an exciting game seven mm-hmm. in, in back in San Francisco mm-hmm. at the Chase Arena. But, they, you know, LeBron on home court just showed up. And AD, really, he played a great series. He didn't really have a game where he was, you know, like, Faded off of the of the box score, yeah. Yeah. Um, he and his defense is so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did you think of LeBron's comment about AD going to have his jersey retired by the Lakers? I don't think it's crazy. 
I mean, AD is one of the best. He's top 75 player in NBA history. I I saw a post about that. on. Uh, He's already got a ring. So if he gets a second one. Right. Boom. I retired. seen a post about it on so, our social media. And I had commented and said, they retire street clothes now by NBA teams? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> but um, So looking at game six, Steph Curry, 32 points. He, mm-hmm. Everyone else except for DiVincenzo, was below 10. Game 6 Clay did not show up. He needed Game 6 Clay. That was... I just, I think he's over 40% from the three yeah. in Game 6 in his career. He is... Like, it's a thing. Game 6 Clay is a... It's like that's a phrase that's said. Because oh, yeah. he just Game 6 in the series, Clay always shows up. Yeah. And then the Lakers, they shot 50% from three. Yeah. They made 13 out of 26. They shot 52% overall. And I mean, you look at just look at the stat line. You got AD seventeen points, twenty rebounds. LeBron thirty points, nine and nine. You had uh, Russell with nineteen points. You had Austin Reeves with twenty three points, five rebounds, six assists. You had uh, uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth, thirteen points again. Hachimura with nine. Mm-hmm. They just they just outpositioned them, in every single player on the on the field except for Curry. This it, Lakers it was a good. shellacking, man. They they controlled the whole game. This Lakers team is good. Yep, they're they're so good. Every, lot, so many of the analysts said that they were the most dangerous team going in because they their stars were healthy. What do you think about where do we rank this achievement in LeBron's career at thirty eight years old, leading this Lakers team to the conference final? So, I. I don't know. That's a tough question because I don't think he's leading. I think he's a two to AD's one because I think I can agree with that, AD, yeah. if he doesn't do the things he does, mm-hmm. they, they're not going to win. I don't think his foot can carry a team right now. He's he's still clearly injured. I don't know if I believe that. Um, I think he's older. Yeah. Maybe age has just gotten hold. I mean, there there's an argument to be made that, you know, back in January he was averaging 30-some points a game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know. It'd be hard for me to say he's injured, but then, like, some of the plays where he gets back on defense and explodes, Mm -hmm. is explosive for, like, a block, or or gets out in a fast break and pushes and explodes to the basket. Like, in my opinion, if you've got a foot injury, that explosiveness really, really Mm -hmm. comes down, and you've got to be careful with quick, jittery movements like that. Right. Is the core of Golden State done? No. Do you think they're going to keep Draymond or yes? He, okay, they will keep Draymond, Steph, and Clay. So, if it was me, do you? I feel like they almost with how Jordan Poole almost didn't progress at all this season. Do you think they he regressed? Yeah. Do you think they move heaven and earth to get rid of his contract somehow? There's a there's an interesting trade that I think should happen. Would be good for both teams that were eliminated in this round, and that's. And because the contracts are very similar, um, just depends on what Golden State can do, what Draymond will do. But I think that if you trade Jordan Poole for DeAndre Ayton, straight up, I think that's a good trade for both teams. That that's actually kind of interesting. That one, because Ayton himself had, I think, compared to Jordan Poole, they had similar series, similar productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, even and they have similar contracts too. So very I'll, similar. They really do need that big body. They'd need a big body just to be a presence, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think Aiton might need a change of scenery too. 
I think Aiton in that coach in that system in that it, it will be good for him because yeah. it'll be a new change of scenery, right? When he because when he got drafted by the Suns, he was supposed to be the guy. He never developed into the guy, right. and there's that stigma that comes with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you're at the arena, every time that that that's kind of hanging over your head, as you know, Booker, Paul, and now KD are above him in the pecking order. So to go to Golden State, where very similar to Andrew Wiggins, right? Yeah, we saw Andrew Wiggins drafted by Minnesota, or well, drafted by Cleveland, but traded to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You're the guy. He just doesn't have the personality to be the guy. He's got all the talent to be the guy not the personality, so he's just not the guy, mm-hmm. then makes his way to Golden State, you don't have to be the guy, dude. You just be you. We got guys. We got Steph and Clay and Draymond. You just be effective in what we want you to do. All of a sudden, he shines, right? Very similar thing, I think, could happen to DeAndre Ayton. Whereas Jordan Poole, I think, regressed because he wants to be the guy. And he's he's come off the bench in a backcourt that's the greatest backcourt possibly ever. So with Jordan Poole, do you think that the the punch heard around the world made his development or his progress was that was was that the tipping point in what made this season kind of a wash for him it's kind of hard to say no like right. you watch that that clip i mean i think Draymond straight up knocked him unconscious well i mean and you compare jordan Poole <laughs> last playoffs to this playoffs he just seemed like a shattered person shattered figure yeah he had all that confidence and maybe it de- I don't know what exactly it was said but developed into maybe some arrogance and mm-hmm. said something that got him punched in the face and now all of a sudden is that confidence is gone we don't have that confidence mm-hmm. it's hard to be good yeah especially when you are a scorer mm-hmm. you need to be able to play like that you'll be able to shoot miss and like clay mm-hmm. clay shoots and misses and no matter how many times he misses just keep he sh- will always keep shooting keep shooting yeah so with that has the window closed for the Warriors? No. The, is the Other people will say yes. The answer is no. Because as long as Steph's there, your window's open. It's like Joe, what Joe Burrow said. Yeah. Whole career, window's his whole career. The whole career. Yeah. For uh, Steph. I really hope the Warriors aren't done. Um, I think, it, it, for me, I think it's going to come down to, they have to make a choice between Poole and Draymond. Whatever they're going to do. Because they can't keep both. Because those guys clearly, they can't get along. No, they'll keep Draymond. There's yeah. no way they get rid of Draymond. There's yeah. too much history. So that then, then that means because yeah, what are you going to start three guards? Right. So piggybacking on your Aiton trade, you mm-hmm. talked about with Chris Paul probably phasing out mm-hmm. at Phoenix. Jordan Poole slides in very well to fill that backcourt. Yep. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. Or if Paul stays there, I don't know. Paul could kind of mentor him. I don't know. He could. He can come off the bench just yeah. fine. And that way that'll save Chris Paul's legs later in the season if mm-hmm. he's still chasing that ring with KD and Devin yep. Booker. I think it would just be a good trade for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the the Lakers' opponent in the Western Conference mm. Final. We need to head south to Phoenix to talk about this because for what was a must-win game for the Suns hosting the Nuggets. And we need to understand the trouble brewing here for Phoenix. We have to understand where they were at the last two seasons we saw them in the playoffs because two years ago we remember we saw the suns go up two nothing on the bucks mm-hmm. in the championship in the in the final and then lose four in a row to the eventual champs then last season we saw them lose in stunning fashion they were hosting a game seven in the to, second round in the second round to an inexperienced dallas mavericks team led by luka Doncic. the suns were at home 
Again, game seven. And home teams, I looked this up, Kidian. I have home teams have a massive advantage in game seven. Now, home teams in game sevens have a record of 111 and 36 all Crazy. time in the NBA. So it's a feat to, to win a game seven on the road. Right. So that's a win percentage of almost 76%. Yeah. The Suns contrived to lose by almost 40 points to the Mavericks in their own building. That was last season. Fast forward to today. The Suns are hosting the favorite Denver Nuggets in game six. They're down three to two. The Suns are. So this is a must-win game at home. Would history repeat itself? Would they capitulate yet again in front of their own fans? Yep. Sure did. And and in a bad fashion, I think a very similar. Very similar. Like total or final score, like in terms of the gap. It was like a 40-point loss, wasn't it? They were down by 30 at halftime, and I'm pretty sure by final they were down 25. Yeah, the Nuggets scored like 80. What was it? like? Wasn't it like they 80 were, points they, in the first half? 81 points in the first that's half. Ins- that's absolutely insane. How effective do you have to be shooting to make it 81 points? In I mean, one think about half? that. If you kept pace, that'd be 162 points from one team. Right. That's, there's some NBA games that finish with a total score less than that. Yeah. It's crazy. And KD did not look good. Yeah, they he were looked de- gross. Yeah, they were down 30 he, at half. He didn't even attempt a three-pointer. Yeah. Didn't even attempt. Kevin Durant, supposedly the best offensive player in the, in the NBA, possibly in NBA history, mm. didn't even attempt a three-pointer. I feel compelled to point out that Devin Booker had 12 points only. Only after we hailed him for his two games in a row, and he shot eighty percent. So. Yeah, but you gotta show up when it matters most. You have to. And we don't. Devin Booker's gonna get that James Harden mm-hmm. stigma. Stigma, like oh, when it's time to show up, what happens? You fade into the background. You look at the Nuggets starters: Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, twenty-one points; Jamal Murray, twenty-six points; Nikola Jokic, thirteen points. Brown had 13 points. Michael Porter Jr., 10 points. Aaron Gordon, 8 points. Like All these guys had contributions. And then Gordon, he didn't get a lot of points, but he still had 6 rebounds. But think about that. 13 points from your from the two-time MVP. That's it. Mm-hmm. 13, and you shellack them like that? Mm-hmm. Man, it's a complete team. Denver is so good. They are showing why they're the number one seed, and they are... If I had to pick one team to win it all right now with the four teams remaining... I would pick Denver handedly. Like, if I was a betting man, they look so good. Jokic had a triple-double again. 32, 10, and 12. Guys, the Suns were most... When they traded for Kevin Durant, they were most people's pick to win the whole thing. Immediately, the the odds said boom. Even Vegas, the Suns should win win all of it. And they beat him in six. Yep. Just crushed him. And, like, the first two games, blowouts. They beat them, like... When I say beat, I don't mean defeated. They like a, like beat a, them. Like a big bass drum. Yeah. And then number or game six, again, they, they took the, their foot off the gas and won by twenty five. Oh my goodness. I just this Nuggets team looks so good. So my, well, because of the the reason I had the build up and the backstory mm-hmm. to this series is we had to talk about Monty Williams. Monty Williams has become the martyr. Mm-hmm. For this lack of fire in Death Valley, and Monty Williams was one of the winningest, had one of the best records in the NBA. I liked Monty Williams a lot. I think his record was like one ninety five and one eleven as a head coach. I liked him a lot. So outstanding win percentage, 
well over 500. But when you lose back-to-back years by a combined, what, 60 to 70 points in must-win games. At home. What can you do? You can't fire the players. Right. <laughs> so, like, someone has to be the scapegoat. So mm-hmm. that's why when we mentioned earlier about Coach Budenholzer now yep. being open for a coaching yep. spot, like in Philly, Monty Williams also available. Yep. If you were either a GM, mm-hmm. who would you want to hire, Budenholzer or Monty right now? If Let's say you're the 76ers GM. Budenholzer. He's won a championship. Right. Easy enough. Yep. I think yep. he has a better record, too. Mm-hmm. His record is exemplary. I think he's coached longer and, and, and has a better record. That's the thing, though. How often do these great coaches come available? Uh, all right. Well, remember I said Budenholzer was going somewhere else, I think? Mm-hmm. I think Budenholzer will go to, ironically go to Phoenix, the team he defeated in the NBA Finals. That would be interesting. That you, would be interesting. You give Budenholzer that lineup? Mm-hmm. He could probably make Dangerous. Aiden play well, though, too. Dangerous. Well, Aiden won't be there when he's oh, that's the right. coach. Because of the trade. Yeah. Well, they will get rid of him. Yeah. Like, bottom, they will get rid of him. Yeah. Whether it's to the Warriors or what, Aiden will not be in, at the Phoenix Sun come next season, in my humble opinion. Right. So, Nuggets versus Lakers coming down the pipe. Mm, juicy. Battle of the big men. Battle of the big men. Jokic versus AD. You've got Jamal Murray. Versus Austin Reeves, we'll probably go there. Um, you have Contavious Caldwell Pope playing against his former team. Mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting. So, how who wins it? The Nuggets. Nuggets in. Be risky here. Five. I love it. Uh, I will go six. I think they're going to dominate him. I will go six out of respect for LeBron and his legacy because he might have been saving himself to go nuclear in some of these games. You know what I think happens? What? I think the Nuggets go 2-0 at home. And then AD's going to shrink and fake an injury or something. like, Or actually get, you know, tweak something. And uh, and suddenly the Lakers get routed in five because, oh, well, they weren't, they weren't totally healthy. Had they been healthy, mm. they would, the health bug has got to hit this team. At some point, I thought based was, on their history, I thought it was going to when AD got that elbow mm-hmm. and he went down and had to get wheelchaired down the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, now Jokic, he is a bit of an elbower, mm-hmm. so he's known for this. Yeah, like you know, remember when he shoved that that sun zoner? <laughs> yes, <laughs> with that elbow, <laughs> right? It, it, Jokic uh, in uh, in those. In Europe, they don't play around <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. Well, because in Europe, normally they're playing professionally when they're in high younger. Yeah. So they got to be physical to play yeah. with them big dudes. And they actually light flares in the crowds over there in those indoor arenas. <laughs> they, they're, they're used to dealing with wild environments and uh, high-pressure situations. But I just can't wait for the series, man. I know. It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be a battle for the ages. I hope it, five games would be insane. And just I know. be a testament to it's, how good it's a the risky Nuggets pick. Are. Yeah, but I know I'm all here for it. I hope. I just think this, the the Nuggets are way deeper mm-hmm. than the than the Lakers. They are. <laughs> I at least I think they are too. But it'll be interesting to see if the Nuggets finally like take that next step that they could never take all those years with Carmelo. All that stuff they couldn't take mm-hmm. when they had AI. And It'd be great. I would love the, to see them. The only thing that I think would keep this a very competitive series, if if is if Davis because Jokic is not a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Davis can 
and Davis is an absolutely great defender. So if he can really, I mean, again, it's going to come down to Anthony Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, controlling this series, which it will for every series with the Lakers. But yeah. if he can, you know, like, you're not going to stop Jokic, but if you can, you know, hold him back a bit. Yeah. And then if he can just dominate him on the offensive end, just get the ball to AD and let him go to work on, on Jokic, demoralize him, you know? I feel like the series, as you said with AD, um, inversely, I think Jokic is going to get his, no doubt. Mm. Um, I think that the Nuggets version of AD, where it's all hinging on, is which version of Jamal Murray shows up Whoa, to this yeah. series. Interesting, yeah. I would, it's a good take. If, if Murray is here, like it. if Murray's here and AD is here, I think we're going to have a battle for the ages. But if one of those two is off, it'll be interesting. Interesting. Okay. So let's go to... So your pick was six, right? Yeah, Nuggets and six. Okay. So let's fly to the Southwest for the famed beaches of Miami. The Heat made sure to take care of business in this series as the Knicks continue to disappoint in the postseason. Sorry, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra continue to show their quality as the Miami Heat secure an Eastern Conference final berth yet again, now in seven of the past 13 seasons, I believe. They've made it. I think it's like three of the last five. Yeah, it's staggering accomplishment and the Knicks seemed just woefully short in terms of experience and confidence against the legitimate superstar in Jimmy Butler who continues to play at an all-world level mm-hmm. we need to talk about what happened here because Butler again the I difference think maker three of the last five and they played Boston yes this will be the three of the last five that they've played Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals because you had the the, the bubble year the Heat won mm-hmm. and then last year the Celtics won right. and now this one it's turning into a good rivalry. Yeah, dude. This will be interesting to see. And now the Heat have to go against home court advantage again because well, they, they're the lowest the eighth seed. seed. Yeah, of yeah. course, the whole playoffs they were. Yeah. But, man, they and they didn't just, man, five games and six games. They've even gone to a game seven. I know. Haven't even gone to a game seven. If I if Going into this playoffs, if you asked me to pick a team that would not play a game seven <laughs> up until the conference final, I would never have picked the Miami Heat. Nope. Never. No one would have picked the eighth seed to do that. No, it's but then you look at the scoreline and they're getting it from a few different people. You have Butler with twenty four, eight and four. Adebayo had twenty three, nine and one, and Struess had fourteen points, six rebounds, three assists. Mm-hmm. You had Lowry off the bench with eleven and nine. It's it, crazy, dude. They're, they're... Spolstra, man, he's and, good. And here's the thing: when um, when Tyler Hero got injured, we were talking about it like a season-ending injury because they were playing against the Bucks. And then Victor Oladipo right after. Right. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is Tyler Hero, if he could be back in a week and a half. Could he really? Yeah. It was like a four-week injury, five-week injury. Oh, dude. You're spicing it up now, Ross. Tyler, so I'm like, we could be getting Tyler Hero back very soon. So if they can extend this series... Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero comes back, and then if they win, going exactly. into the finals, getting that boost of fresh legs, exactly, that's huge. Yeah, because Hero, he obviously he's the sixth man, but like you said, he's been fresh through these rounds, so he'll be able to spell people quite effectively mm-hmm. in these later rounds. I yep. can't wait to see if he does make it back. In That'd time. be great. But we have to talk about the fact that the hi- the history we talked of this. Like, there's only the second. Correct me if I'm wrong. Only second time an eighth seed has made it this far in NBA history. I'll have to take your word for it. I haven't looked that up, actually. 
That would be insane. The only other one was like in the the Knicks team in the nineties. That's right. Yes, they made it all the way to the NBA yeah. finals. I think they lost to the Spurs. That was the strike shortened year. Mm-hmm. I think now that I think about it, yeah, that was crazy, wild. dude. Eight yeah. seed making it all the way to the conference finals, and they were the playing tournament. I think they were like the ten seed in the playing tournament, right? Like the, no, they were the eighth seed, oh, but they, they the lost eight. the That's first right. game. That's right. So they played in the second. They've played more playoff games than anyone. That's well, no, because they haven't played games. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, that's wild. So, how? What does the path look like? What is the path that? Because what we've seen the first two series, the Miami is stealing Game One. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can steal Game One again from Boston? Or mm, absolutely, yeah, absolutely they can. That's what Spolster gives you. That man, I told you when you got a great when you have a like great coaching advantage that's worth one game mm-hmm. like just give give the heat one game because they have Spolstra yeah. and you're playing against a rookie head coach who's yeah. already shown in the playoffs multiple coaching mistakes we talked about that on a previous episode yeah I'm curious I, I want to see how Missoula goes about attacking the Miami zone how they go about figuring out how to get Tatum and them their open looks and if Jalen Brown can be that secondary score they need him to be when Jimmy Butler is going for 45, 10, and 12. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see this series. Got to get Al Horford down yeah. low, mm-hmm. pass low to him, and once you once you penetrate a zone, you just start moving the ball, and the zone will eventually, you'll eventually have a guy open yeah. for a, a driving lane or an open three because you just can't move that much. One thing I want to point out is the, the Miami team, this Miami team, they have been shooting the best free throw percentage, I think, in the playoffs this postseason. Everyone else is averaging, I think, below 90% as a team. They they were hitting 92%. Wow. That's, so if That's they get impressive. to the line, if they can get to the line, if they can take advantage of these fouls, it's gonna be they're they're gonna be able to steal some easy. There should be another good series, you know. But here's something that we gotta talk about before we move on to NHL. Yeah. On the off chance that it happens, we could be seeing a legendary NBA Finals between the two most storied franchises in NBA history in the Lakers and the Celtics. I know. They are currently tied at 18 NBA championships each. So for them to meet in the NBA Finals to break that tie, oh, dude, I would be here for it. That would be great. And LeBron playing for the Lakers while this is... So- we all know NBA. The NBA wants Lakers Celtics, just for ratings, just for yes engagement. That would be the most watched finals in a long time. The, I think the finals no one wants is Lakers Heat, just because we saw that just a few years ago. I feel like I, I would be here for that though. I don't. I don't want to see LeBron playing against his old coach. I would. I would. I want to see if I could pick what have a matchup. I would want Nuggets Celtics. So I think those are the two best teams left. Okay, and you know me. Okay. I, I want to see. I want. I think those are the two best teams remaining. Okay, so I want to see that match. Nuggets Celtics. I want to see Jokic play on the highest stage, the biggest stage. I think that that, yeah. would, that would be wonderful. So, what do you think? How does the series go? Who wins it? Who's who's representing the East? Because <sighs> you picked Nuggets in five. Who was the Nuggets opponent? I I think. I don't think the Celtics make it back to the NBA Finals. Dang, dude. What? I think the Heat pull it out. In seven? I think it'll go all seven. I think Jimmy will light up game seven. 
Oh, here's a juicy prediction. Hit me. Jason Tatum holds his record for only one week as Jimmy Butler breaks the Game 7 record in Game 7 in the Garden. That would be disgustingly good. 50, 55 from Jimmy, Game 7. Right now, before the series even starts, 55 from Jimmy in Game 7 to beat the Celtics to go to the NBA NBA Finals. We'll see. If- I... I have to go with I have to go with the Celtics in six. In six, wow. Yeah. So the Heat, who haven't even played in the game seven yet, will get eliminated in six. Yeah. I think Celtics. That's a, Celtics. In six. That's a crazy take. So Celtics. what you're telling me is, do you? So if Spolstra's worth one win, yeah. You're saying that Heat's team is only worth one win. Yeah. Wow. I think the Celtics proved their medal. They had their wake up call. I think last series against Philly hmm. when they were down three to two, I think they were coasting like against Atlanta. They were coasting and didn't really get up for it. And I think they got slapped awake when they went down three to two. We shall see. Yeah. Well, hopefully. We'll so you got nuggets and nuggets, Celtics six nuggets Celtics and six. And six. Yeah. I got nuggets and five heat and seven with a 55 er from Jimmy in game seven. If you, if you hit all those, <laughs> That will be insane. Uh, now, Ross will give me a solid high five if I right. hit all those predictions. Oh, super solid. So, with our one last point before we leave our NBA discussion, John Morant. Mm, good grief, dude. So, I read about this today. A few weeks ago, he was suspended by the NBA for brandishing a firearm at a nightclub. He was suspended by the team. By the, the team, yes, thank you. But suspended by the team. This weekend, he was seen in a video on social media driving with a friend of his, and John Morant once again brandished a firearm on his video. Now, we are most certainly not against firearms Mm -hmm. and people owning them. That is their right. Or showing that you own them. Right, or showing that you own them, yes. (laughs) Now, John Morant has been suspended by the Grizzlies from all basketball-related activities for brandishing a weapon on a social media video. Okay? Is that right? Can the Grizzlies do that? What? What? How do? What? Are they not? Are the players not allowed to do this anymore? Can the? Is the? Are the Grizzlies allowed to say just like even though you are not on the clock, so mm-hmm. to speak, you still can't do this on your free time? What's the question? Are the Grizzlies just? In yeah. Are the, the Grizzlies just yes. in doing this? Yes. Explain, please. So, whether you are on the clock or not. You represent the organization, okay? And the organization is an organization based solely on one thing, cash flow, dollar bills, right? Mm-hmm. You, If they deem that your actions, public actions, are causing them, as an employee, you're an employee of them, are causing them to lose money, they are free to punish you, whatever, even fire you in order to continue to do what they are in business to do, which is make profits, make money. So uh, it's absolutely within the just bounds of the company to do that. You, you, would it be just for the government to do that? No. But this is a private company, private organization owned by someone who owns this to make money. And so you are an employee of that person, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, is, what does the Bible say to servants? Obey your masters. masters. John Morant, obey your boss. Yeah. 
Because I when my employment, they we have a sign up in our break room that says you may be off the clock, but your uniform isn't. Right. So, like, if we do go to a restaurant, we have to carry ourselves when we are in uniform accordingly. Absolutely. Because we're still representing ourselves, and we can face repercussions because of what we are doing while wearing our uniform. Yep. This has recently, um, in our world, gone on, onto the social media world. When companies are hiring you, they'll look at your personal social media account to determine if you're someone they want to hire for that position. Right. If they see things that they don't like, they're, they are free to say, yeah, no, we're not going to hire you. And mm. if you're employed there and you're, right, people know that you work there, mm-hmm. people know, and, and you're doing things publicly on social media that, you know, the, whether the company doesn't agree with it or it's causing the company to, they, they deem it can lose them money, they're within their right to fire you. You are not, the company is not under any obligation from God to give you a job. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I so my record. We said this last time. Morant got in trouble with the Grizzlies. He had to go through therapy. Right. We, so, I'm expecting like a 12 to 15 game suspension from the Grizzlies for him this time, something like that. But we said this to him last time. Find better friends. Find better influences in your life. Make better decisions. Make and just make better decisions. Dude, own guns. Cool. That's awesome. Great. But it's just kind of like this this whole like gun flashing thing. It's kind of like the the Chihuahua that won't stop barking to prove how tough it is. The Chihuahua <laughs> that just will not will not be quiet. Right. Like bigger dogs, they usually don't bark. Nope. Because they know they're big dogs. Mm-hmm. But the it's the the same as the terrible husband who always goes around saying, "I'm the boss. I'm the authority. I'm the leader of this house." It it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You you. Real, you should not have to speak up and defend your, um, defend your machismo mm-hmm. everywhere you go in life. Right. So, John Morant, please <laughs> fix this. Make better decisions. Yeah, if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm, dude. This two two times in a very quick span, I'd be shopping him. Mm-hmm. You do not want that in terms of a, a business, right? You don't want that PR. You don't want you don't want to be known as the the organization that you know. What the public will see is, you know, that puts up with that stuff. Right. Right. So whether or not it's right. 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 I get that John Morant. I mean, personally, I think it should be no big deal that John Morant does that. But mm-hmm. I also, like I said, I think it's totally fair for the Grizzlies to say, yeah, we're not going to we're going to fire you or we're not going to pay you or whatever it is. You know, there are standards you have to act out on. Yep. As an employee of this company, you will receive discipline at your employee your place of work because of what you did outside of work. I think that's totally within reason. Right. So let's fly north to Ontario to talk about the NHL playoffs. Mm. These series have been exhilarating. Mm -hmm. I've watched them. That's my greatest accomplishment from this podcast is you getting to... I'm excited to watch them. I'm like, while my phone checking NHL scores, man, I'm telling you. I love it. So this week, you had the betting odds favorite go down yet again to the same team as before. (laughs) My quickly too. Quickly too. Yeah. Stop. My, <laughs> my my pick to win it all falls at home. Seattle and Dallas are now in an improbable game seven. That's on right now. Right now. Dallas is up one nothing in the second period. Hurricanes undoing the Devils deeds. So before we start with any of this, we have to start, unfortunately, with the Florida Panthers and their incredible Stanley Cup run this season. So they beat Boston 
the betting favorites coming into the playoffs in seven games. Then they had to face Toronto, who became the new betting favorite once Boston was eliminated. Toronto became the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, according to the betters. Mm. I picked Toronto to win the series in seven. I could not be more wrong. <laughs> so Or sad, or as sad. a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. <laughs> or sad, yes. So the Panthers eliminated not one, but two Stanley Cup favorites. This was the only series where not a single game was a blowout. I think the mar- greatest margin of victory was 3-1 in game one, okay. if I recall correctly. Yeah, which for these playoffs, I would expect that as a not knowing much about hockey. But mm-hmm. in these playoffs, I've been like surprised. I'm like, like six to one. Yeah. And then they lose the next game. That's right. confusing. That That is not common, those blowouts. Yeah. That, that's so shocking to me. Now, three, the, 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 the I'm going to start everything off with the Maple Leafs by saying this. The Leafs lost because they went down three to nothing in the series. Now, granted, there were some things that happened, especially in game five that were shaky, that cost them game five. Like in terms of ref, ref. refing? A lot of, I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> the bottom line is they lost because they played, they, they gave up games two and three when they should have won them. Mm-hmm. They should have won those games. That is hard to come back 3-0. Exactly. So they won game four in Florida, a 2-1 slugfest. I watched that. That was a Good. great game. Now, there were moments in game five where the Panthers went up two to nothing early, and deservedly so. But then you have Morgan Riley for the Maple Leafs scoring a long wrist shot that gets deflected in past Bobrovsky. Now, Bobrovsky, in my opinion, Bobrovsky was the, win- the reason the Panthers won this series. Their goaltender. Their goaltender. Sergei Bobrovsky. Game five alone, he stopped 50 of 52 shots. That's crazy. Against him. That's a ton of shots. In a high percentage of stop. Exactly. And so you have Morgan Riley scores to bring it back two to one. And then shortly after that, Morgan Riley again for the Maple Leafs drives to the net, hard to the net, and puts it in, tries to, uh, he sends a shot in, it hits Bobrovsky's right leg pad, and Bobrovsky slides into the net, and Morgan Riley puts his arms up, celebrates as if the, the puck was in. No whistle. The referee is behind the net, on top of that, trying to find the puck. He can't find it. They're celebrating like it's a goal. The referees have not made a call yet. They review it. About 10 minutes of review. Whoa. And I am still unsure. Do I think it was a goal? Yes. Can I prove it was a goal? No. What's the rules on a goal? The rule is the same Fill as soccer. In. The All of the puck has to cross all of the goal line. Is the, there a line on the... Yeah, on the goal line, there's a red line. Okay. So if, if any bit of the puck is still on that line... It's not a goal. Not a goal. Just Interesting. Like in soccer, all of the ball has to be over all of the line. Okay. So now there were angles where I saw ice in between the puck and the line. There were angles when I saw... It all depends. Was it in the air or was it on the it ice? on the ice. Oh, now, wow. here's the rub. Again, like I said, we heard no whistle. So the play was never audibly called dead. So could the other team have gone and scored a goal while the other guys were celebrating? Uh, no, because this is one of the NHL rules. A ref can determine a play is dead without blowing the whistle. Yikes. That seems odd. So you have Toronto fans... 
feeling they got cheated on this goal mm-hmm. because there were definitely images, like I said, where it seemed like it was a goal. Hmm. And then there were images where what it all came down to, when did the ref stop the play? Yeah, did they did, did they make, is it like the NFL where it's like once you make the call, you have to have indisputable evidence yes. to overturn it? So what was the call on the ice? The call on the ice was no goal. Oh, so you got to have un- indisputable evidence. Now, I think that was the right call from the refs, no goal, because okay. they never saw it cross the line. Right. So Air on the side of caution. Exactly. I'm perfectly fine with that call. So continuing on in game five, the, again, this was, was that a, early on in the game. Or? That was middle of the second period. So okay. this is, and again, it was so a literally half delay. time, like right in the middle, basically. Yeah. This was like a 10 minute delay too. So you have all that adrenaline from maybe scoring mm-hmm. and then a letdown. And then now we still are down a goal on the road. So then with two minutes, I think it's like three or two minutes left in the game. William Nylander for Toronto breaks through the offensive zone and roofs it past Bobrovsky two to two overtime. And this is where the second point of controversy came in. Overtime. Oh, sorry. Before that, three seconds to go in the game. Eric Stahl on Florida elbows Mitch Marner on the Maple Leafs in the head, like spins him around, drops him. Ref looking right at him, just full on elbow, like wind up and swing. No call. Mm. And that would have been with three seconds left in the in the regulation. So Maple Leafs would have started overtime on a power play. Oh, really? Yes. Those things roll over periods? Mm-hmm. Yes. Whoa. So, huge missed call. That could have changed things. Then, let's move on to the penultimate play. You have the Maple Leafs get a three-on-two offensive break. They're going down the ice. They play the puck out. They completely flub the three-on-two. Panthers reverse it. Now they have a three-on-two going back towards the Maple Leafs zone. That's a real fluff. One of the players on Florida, they're enforcer guy who knocked David Kampf out of the game in game four on a late dirty hit he runs he skates straight in front of the Maple Leafs goaltender wool and you have yarn crook on the Maple Leafs he's getting ready to turn his body to block Nick Cousins shot and Gudis the guy who skated right in front of the goaltender he with his hand grabs yarn crook's stick and pulls him and turns him so that he opens up a lane for Cousins to shoot. You can't do that. That's interference. Hmm. You see him completely dual-wielding sticks. Pulling you can the guy. see him? Oh, yeah. It's so clear. Obvious. I was screaming at the and TV. no call? I was screaming at the TV. No call. Goal. Game over. Series over. Handshake line. Oh, my goodness. Three? Three, yeah. I, so I don't In count, one game? I don't count the, the no-goal call. Uh, the controversial one, because I think that was just whatever. But the missed power play goal, the missed power play call, and missed power play call, and missed the missed what, interference it? call. It's called interference. Interference. Okay. Those are hard is to that, handle. Is that also a penalty? So it's a power play, mm-hmm. dude. So and two missed power now, plays. There's even layers to this missed interference call because last year, in Game Seven against the Lightning, Toronto scored a goal in uh, scored a goal in overtime against the Lightning. And it was called back for interference on a play that was nothing similar to this. It was a phantom interference call. Mm. So Toronto got hosed last year on, by the refs. On a called call. interference call yeah, that wasn't then, interference. And then got hosed this year by it not being called. Dude. So I was 
very distraught. As a, as a fan, I would, yeah, I understand your frustration. Yeah, it was, uh, so there's all that going in, and then. Because you go back to Toronto, or back to Toronto. in Toronto, this game, the we got eliminated. It was? It was in Toronto, because game five, it was, it's 2-2, two, 1-1-1. Two, one, one, one. So it was two, Flo- two Toronto games, two Florida games, game five in Toronto. So. That was a tough one. To oh, because Toronto had home home ice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Dang. In Toronto, got eliminated by that. That's rough. And so again, they did they lose because of those things in that game? Yes. In the series, no. They lost because they went down three nothing. Yeah. It's, again, there's a reason it's only been. You're done a good storyteller, man. You had me totally. <laughs> I was entrenched in that. I was invested. Well, thank you. Um, so the the, Leafs, the Maple Leafs now have decisions to make because their core four players, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, they have to decide what to do with them because those guys alone combined, those guys each cost about $40 million total um, for the four of them, and they combined for three goals in round two of the playoffs. Now, Matthews, he's a 60-goal scorer a season, so he's a stud, but... People were like, why is he playing so bad? Well, in the handshake line, you could see a cast on one of his arms. Mm. So he was playing with like a broken wrist or a broken some, something. Those hockey guys are tough as nails. And so like, people are like, well, why isn't he scoring? Well, that's why. Like, but again, the, At but that the, point, get off the ice. Right. You're, you're doing a disservice to your team. So I give the guy credit for wanting to play. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm never going to be a to tell a guy, you're being too tough. Stop it. Because I think that's how you kill a guy's heart. Mm-hmm. But um, I respect what the Maple Leafs are trying to do. I think they need to move at least two of their core players this year. And that all depends on what their GM, Kyle Dubas, does from here. Because he's one of the best GMs in the game. But he's come out and said that he's received so many threats to him and his family. Yikes. From people, from fans of the game that he's not They're sure. They're serious up there in Toronto. Yeah, but like. But he has said he wants to be the GM of Toronto or nowhere. He will retire or be the GM of the Leafs. Oh, wow. He's committed. He loves the organization. Hmm. But he just receives so much flack. And you watch him. He is the most involved general manager I have ever seen watching a game. Interesting. He is a true fan of the team. So I, I don't know what they do. My gut is I hope they keep Matthews at least and Marner. And I hope they get rid of Tavares' contract even though he was the game, the round one hero, but mm. they need to. I think I would prefer them to keep Matthews plus one of the other guys. Gotcha. Um, so we I think, shall see. I think that's where they go. Um, moving on, I think the the Panthers winning though, I think is a net loss for the NHL because Toronto is one of the largest markets, entertainment wise. Mm. This is it's it's because now as we get to their other opponent in the Eastern Conference, Florida winning is a tough sell just because of the market they're in, but gotcha. we'll see how that goes. So let's move on. Let's fly West to Alberta for the conclu- conclusion of the golden Knights versus Oilers series. This now my, the Oilers were my pick to win the Stanley cup going back to when we made these predictions, Edmonton stood as the last bastion of hope for the people of Canada to bring Lord Stanley's cup back to Canada for the first time in 30 years. Now, these rosters are loaded. You have Connor McDavid, probably the Hart Trophy winner, the MVP award. Leon Dreisaitl, who is leading the league in points in playoffs. And Evander Kane. You have this trifecta of standout players. And then you're going against the Vegas Golden Knights, who have Mark Stone, 
one of the best captains in the NHL. You know, Jackie, Jackie Aces Eichel, Jack Eichel, one of the best American players. The guy drafted immediately behind Connor McDavid in that draft. At Connor McDavid, not American? No, he's Canadian. Mm. Yes, and then you have um, the, the Vegas goaltender, Aiden Hall. The, the two teams traded wins on each other's home ice, one-to-one, before Vegas took game five in Nevada. They each split in each home series, so one-and-one one in the beginning, one-and-one one in Edmonton as well. But Vegas took game five, pivotal game five. So this game went back to Edmonton, and the hopes of Canada went back to a decisive game six at Rogers Place in Alberta. Oilers are down early, one nothing. Vegas scored early, but they clawed back quickly. I think they scored two goals in 93 seconds total to go up 2-1. to one. And that's just typical Oilers mm. stuff with their offense. The Golden Knights, though, would not be denied as they were bolstered by a hat trick from Jonathan Marcheseau. Incredible performance in this game because the Golden Knights would win 5-2 and crush the hopes of Canada once and for all this mm. season. Canada no longer has a team left. I was hoping for a Game 7 in, in that series. Dude. I think all of hockey was this. Um, so remember when I talked about in the in the NHL playoffs in particular, what's mo- so important is who has the hot goaltender. Mm-hmm. So important for the hot goaltender. Well, unfortunately, Stuart Skinner for the Oilers, he did not show up this series. Let's look at game one. He gave up six goals. Game three, he gave up five goals. Game five, he gave up four goals. Game six, he gave up five. That's bad. You can't win, no matter. It, but you said that going into the playoffs, that Edmonton is it Edmonton. Yeah, right? Edmonton. They had to win only on their offense because mm. when they won it, it, they scored a ton, but they gave up a ton. Yeah, every game of this though was, it, and so in the in the clinching game, Stuart Skinner he saved thirteen out of seventeen shots for only a seventy six percent save percentage. Gross. That's horrible. It's sad. It's it's really, you don't, you never want to see that for the guy. Um, and then his counterpart, Aiden Hill, Vegas's goaltender, stopped 38 of 40 against that vaunted offense. Much better. 95% save percentage. And wow. Aiden Hill had some of these saves that I thought were for sure goals. And he did just some highway robbery <laughs> of these players. And that's what it comes. It just it, that is what it comes down to. And we compare superstars. Jack Eichel this game had an assist. He had a really positive shift. He was plus four. You can compare that with McDavid. He had the goal, but McDavid ended as a zero on the plus minus. Mm. So Eichel is contributing more in these regards. I have a question for you, Ross. Yeah. In regards to this, what's the most the highest paid position in hockey? Usually it's centers because centers are sorry. It's either defensemen or centers. Centers are the goal scorers. Uh, defensemen are the guys. They play longer shifts, but they're they. Uh, you pay people to stop the goal scorers. That's really it. Really? So is the goaltender the highest? Not the highest paid? No, usually not. No. no. Interesting. Because. And what's a big salary in the NHL? I don't know. Like I don't know how much those guys get paid. Um. So for example, I'll go with the Maple Leafs core because mm-hmm. they are paid well. Their top four guys each make about ten to eleven million a year. That's it. A year, yeah. So, well, there's not it? a lot of money in the NHL, I guess. Well, no, they spread it out well because, like the the in the NFL, you have like let's go with Jalen Hurts's contract mm-hmm. to like the lower end of the team who are making like two million. You have those kinds of huge gaps. The NHL's gaps are a lot narrower, so the bottom end of the team is making 
not that much lower than the top end of the team. That's surprising to me. Yeah. In terms of playtime and stuff like that. The, you know? And part of that's because when you are on the ice, your shift, the, the time you actually are on the ice, is only about 45 to 90 seconds. So what? You, you, you do your shift for about 90 seconds, and you're sprinting almost the entire time. You come off, and you cycle through those lines to keep people fresh because you're getting hit all the time, like hard, and then you're sprinting constantly. But they want to keep cycling people, so you have to play all like twenty guys on your bench. Really? How did I not notice that? So like they must shift really quickly in the NHL. They do. So like let's look at Vegas. Their their smallest play the the smallest shift they had on the ice was um, their left winger carrier. He played nine minutes eleven seconds. Still. Of the entire, of the entire game, game, and he was the longest? No, he's the shortest. Shortest. The shortest. And then you have some of the higher guys, which are always defensemen because they just stay on longer mm-hmm. for power plays or things like that. They're, they're skating less, right? They're skating Tint, usually less. Usually less. They're not going red line to red line from goal line to goal line usually because mm-hmm. like the defensemen are playing like 22 minutes. But then you look at so – I'll, I'll use Jack Eichel as an example, one of their top 22 minutes out of a 60-minute game. Mm-hmm. So they're only playing a third? Mm-hmm. So let's look at Jack Eichel, top goal scorer mm-hmm. for the one of the top goal scorers for the Golden Knights. He played fif- sixteen minutes. Really? His, well, like his, Connor McDavid? How many? McDavid. He was on the ice for only. He was on the ice for uh, twenty-four minutes. That's nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you so you play ninety seconds, and then, and you, then take, you sit for take a breather. You sit for about four minutes. Three to four That's minutes, That's insane, maybe. dude. But they do, again, they do that just because of how hard they work when they are on the ice. They're gassed. Because you're doing all those quick stops. You're doing all, it's, it's stop 100 miles an hour. Stop 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you're right. I just, I don't know. I think about like soccer. Like they don't change out that much in soccer, do you they? Get three, you get three subs in soccer. That's it. <laughs> you get, And once you're subbed off, you're off for the game. Nuh-uh. Dead serious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So like those guys' endurance is nuts. So like I would pl- I played, except for when we were winning. Uh, there were two games in college we were winning so much the coach pulled me off, with like twenty minutes to go. Um, we were playing in Iowa. We were up six nothing. That you don't run, as, you don't run like a hundred miles an hour, right? No, because in soccer it's a lot like forty yard sprints okay. and then a lot of jogging. And the smarter you are at the game, you you walk or jog to where you need to be before you can need to sprint. So you, the goal is to make your players smart so they sprint less. Gotcha. That way they endure. And a lot of people don't realize this, but part of why soccer seems slow is because they make hard challenges on the ball to steal it to either win it or foul them because the foul is a way where they rest to, mm. to get their energy back. Interesting. So that's why whenever I coach, I tell people, make the ref, make the decision, go in hard. And if you get the ball, great. If you don't, rest up, get back in position. Hmm. So that's, there's all that to it. So anyway. Sorry for that tangent. No, you're fine. Listeners. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm learning on the job. But the um, So Canada's done. Their hopes are gone. Vegas showing they've made four conference finals in six years of their existence. I know that's nuts. It's insane. It shows that the expansion system of the NHL is worthwhile. It's way better than anything else, like any other league. And it makes the league very popular for potential buy-in from mm-hmm. other people. Kansas City, come on, get us an NHL team. It would be cool to see the scouts come back. Come on, Hunt family. 
that would be a, I would love for the Hunts to own an NHL team. But um I mean, do we have many other Do you need to be a billionaire to own an NHL team? Probably not. If you're the, only paying 10 million a The buy-in is six, I just listen to this. The buy-in is 600 million and then you have to pay like uh you have to it, So yes, you have to be a billionaire. It's 600 million plus then you add the players the salary cap, which is like 230 million or something like that. Okay. So I can't I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think I remember landing somewhere around like one billion. Okay, so you do need to be a billionaire, folks. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, you do. How many billionaires are in Kansas City? Let's do a quick Google search. Where does Patrick Mahomes live? <laughs> He's not there yet. <laughs> so anyway, right, LeBron James, you're a billionaire. So the uh, the Golden Knights move on. Uh, Oilers are done. So my Stanley Cup pick is out officially. And they are going to play the winner of Game Seven tonight between the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. So, Dallas was down three to two. Or sorry, Dallas was up three to two. And I, here's the thing: Dallas has not played well this entire series. Their best player, Jason Robertson, hardly any involvement whatsoever in anything relevant regarding these games. Hmm. And they're winning right now. Rope hints. One of their their best playoff performers so far. He scored a goal to put Dallas ahead in the second period. Um, but Seattle, they faced a do or die game, game six at the crack house, <laughs> and they managed to put six past the Stars and take that game. So not only has Jason Robertson not played well for Dallas, but their top goaltender Jake Ottinger, the Otter as they call him, he is he's not played well either. The Kraken have knocked him out of a few games, not like injury, but they forced Dallas to kind of rest him because he's just the game's out of hand. Hmm. Why play our guy? So if this is going to change, I'm of the opinion that see our uh, Dallas Jason Robertson and Otter have to play their two best games, almost of their careers to get through this. Because Seattle continues to dominate on the forecheck, they continue to dominate on the back check. They say the three phases in hockey are forecheck, hip check. And paycheck, and <laughs> Seattle continues to play well in all those areas. And what I'm what I'm hoping for from this, though, I picked Seattle to win the series. It's think seven, about, I think. Didn't in you? seven, um, but think about this, Gideon. We could have a Western Conference final between Seattle and Vegas. The, the two, two expansion teams. The two expansion teams. Did they expand in the same year? No, uh, Seattle. This is their second year. Vegas is in their sixth year. Oh, wow. Could you imagine if Seattle, though, makes it to the Cup in their second year and wins it? And wins it? That'd be nuts. Vegas has not won it yet, right? They've played they've and made w- it. They've played and won and lost it. Okay, but this is their third This is their fourth final. conference final in six years. Fourth? fourth? And they've only won one? They, no, they... they. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's not a very good percentage. No. But... <laughs> uh, you know, it depends on who they play here. They they look like they're playing great. I mean, they 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 beat Edmonton in six. Well, I guess this is their fourth, and they haven't played it. So right. if they win it, they're one and two, two for four. They're one and two. Right, right. right. So that's not terrible, I guess. Yeah, they're they're Cincinnati Bengals numbers. You know, <laughs> so it's all good. Um, so that's what's going on right now. We'll update more as the as the uh, Stars Kraken game keeps going. It's in the third period, still one nothing Dallas. But let's finish up the Eastern Conference final and who the Panthers will be playing. We head to Carolina. Final piece of the Eastern Conference puzzle is solved. The Hurricanes just swept away the Devils in five games. Now, I thought the Devils would play better 
than this. They beat the Rangers in seven. But Carolina, they're just they're too balanced. They are too well put together. They beat the Devils in games one and two by a combined eleven to two. They lost game three eight to four, but they still scored four mm-hmm. in that game. And then they won game f- they won games four and five, and I think game five they won four to nothing. Wow. So they just blew them out the water. I think the Devils The frozen water. Right. The Devils just <laughs> I think punched above their weight. And I think this is more damning um more damning evidence that the Rangers are nowhere near where they, they need to be with their roster because if the Devils lost this badly to Carolina, who knows what would have happened to the Rangers. Hmm. So Carolina goes up against the Panthers. I've been picking against the Panthers in every series. I'm going to continue to do that. They're going to probably prove me wrong here too somehow. But this Carolina team, Rod Brindamore, their coach, he seems to be he seems to have these guys just so even-keeled mm-hmm. and so ready to go that every series has looked easy for them. Yeah. See, here's here's I'm going to challenge you on your dominance being dominant, okay? Because okay. you're you you come from soccer, right? Yeah. Where there's no playoffs. Correct. In t- sports with playoffs, once the playoffs starts, your record is zero zero. The regular season, what got you there, no longer matters. Mm-hmm. So for like for example, for the eight seed Miami Heat, right? Mm-hmm. They have dominated. Yeah. This NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. not even gone to a game seven and been the away team every series right Mm -hmm. so if you want to see dominance be dominant why not pick the dominating miami heat who are currently dominating right very good very good same same here with the with the panthers no they're dominating it's a very good question and i'm going to tell you why i don't go with that because 82 games is a much larger sample size than 13 games and i would rather pick the team i'd rather cheer for the team that's been amazing over 82 games than the team that's been great at the right time in the most recent. I'm not, I don't do recency bias. But it's, to me, it's not recency bias. It's, it's, it's importance bias, right? Yeah. Because in soccer, every game matters mm-hmm. in, in the season because it's what deter- it is the playoffs. It's not that there are no playoffs in, well, I guess, yeah, because you don't get eliminated, but mm-hmm. it's just every game is so important in mm-hmm. soccer because that's what matters at the end, right? Mm hmm. So let me ask you a question. Would you rather cheer for a team that went against the be- the worst teams in the league? Let's say they went 20 and 5 against the worst teams in the league in just a phantom league. Mm-hmm. 20 and 5. Or a team that went let's say 17 and 8 against the best teams in the league. 17 and 8 against the best teams. Yeah. Cuz they were more dominant. Yeah. So I'd rather cheer for them. Yeah. Even though their record is less impressive. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I would, I'd rather take the team that has done more and been more consistent. I value the consistency over the long stretch of a season mm-hmm. over this current sample size. Hmm. Now, if it was the reigning champs and they were playing in a – and they had a poor regular season, mm-hmm. I would be more inclined to favor them even though they are a lower seed. Except my Golden State Warriors. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Except them because their horrible road record yeah. over a long yeah, that's, season. That's fair enough. <laughs> Again, so yeah, that's, that's my I just figured we'd talk about it. Oh, that's fine. I appreciate that. Because the Panthers, 
They look good. They're dominating. They look good. We'll see with the what what calls. So are the hurricanes. So we've got a very sunny city hockey yeah, Eastern this is Conference. The very finals. popular Southeastern Conference <laughs> Eastern Conference final. Um, right. NHL fans are not very happy about this. Like like you said you said on one of the episodes that that I cuz I go back and listen to him. You said uh they don't even have they don't even have they don't even know what ice is down no, there in they, Florida. They don't and <laughs> they can't they can't even like grow it naturally. I don't I was, remember what you said. But it was I funny. was joking with my dad. I said all seven Florida fans are going to be happy about this playoff series. <laughs> all seven Florida hockey fans. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it makes me so sad that we lost to these guys. <laughs> but anyway, um I think the Hurricanes win this one in six. Okay. And I think the Depending on who wins this game, if it's Dallas and the other series, if it's Dallas versus Vegas, I think the Vegas wins. Hmm. If it's Vegas versus Seattle, I'm going to go with Seattle again to win. Is that what you think or that's what, what you I want? Think, what I want is Vegas to win. Oh, you don't want the, the Kraken or our affiliate? No. But, but and they have such a cool name. Because I think Vegas will be the better matchup for Carolina. I think that will be a f- more entertaining series. Mm. I think Dallas and Seattle would get swept up by. I'm cracking Carolina. all the way, baby. That's fine. C- keep crackalacking. Let's go to the crack house and <laughs> get high on the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's how that works. You get drunk on the Stanley Cup, oh, not sorry. high on it. You but at the crack it. house, you get high. <laughs> there you it. go. <laughs> so, Gideon, did you watch the XFL championship this weekend? I did watch parts of it. I did. You did watch parts mm-hmm. of it. Okay, so. Remember how I talked about the... I was flipping between that. And the, the 76 oh no. The NHL game, yeah. I think, was on. And then Shaq and a Fool's on NBA TV. Of which course. is great if you've never seen Shaq and a Fool. I have not. It sounds great. But so DC came in 9-1, and one, eight and a half point favorites over the 4-6 and six Arlington Renegades. This is such a crazy story, dude. And now the Renegades, those of us who had been following the XFL, we all knew... This team has a fantastic defense. If they can just find a way to score points, <laughs> they will be fine. Bob Stoops has a great defense over there in Arlington. They led the league in takeaways. So they had the extra opportunities to score, but they were never scoring. Mm-hmm. So they made a midseason trade for Las Vegas Vipers quarterback, Luis Perez. Mm-hmm. Now, Perez... He was like the third starting quarterback, right? Right. Like of the season. Of the season. So Perez was not doing well in Vegas. Vegas' team was a dumpster fire. <laughs> they had very few redeeming qualities on that team, to be fair. I'm pretty sure Vegas finished the season like 2-8 and eight or something like mm. that. So Perez comes over to Arlington and slots into the offense just perfectly. Their points per game almost goes up by a touchdown and a half Wow! once he comes in. And one of the games he played against was now he started in dc's division Luis perez Mm -hmm. so he played against dc twice Mm -hmm. and then he came to arlington and played against dc a third time with arlington and they lost in overtime yeah it was a close game so now they play arlington again or they play dc again in the championship so So four out of his 12 games this is the fourth time now but but Luis perez has seen their defense fourth time can you imagine if Peyton Manning saw a defense a fourth time in a season? How interesting Lights that would be. Yeah, or Mahomes. So, Luis Perez now sees this. At the end of the first quarter, it's 17 nothing. 
Arlington. And again, nine and one, DC. Four and six, Arlington. Eight and a half point favorites, DC. Offensive now, crazy is that also. What I what I heard was that the DC, DC, the only game they lost was to the worst team. It was. So it's like they perform bad against bad teams. Mm-hmm. So Arlington continued to apply the pressure, and by halftime, I think they were up. I think they were up by it was like twenty. It was twenty to six at halftime, if I recall correctly. And DC kept trying to claw their way back and kept trying to come back. And they brought it back to one score, one nine they, points. They so. brought it back to one score, but every time they did, they would do something stupid to negate it. So when they brought it, it was twenty six twenty. The player for DC that scored, Abram Smith, he chucks the ball and he scores at an Arlington player, personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct. And on the kickoff, the kickoff started at the 15-yard line. Mm-hmm. Now remember, as I said in the, our first episode when I explained the new rules of XFL, the kickoff has to make it inside the 20-yard line or it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. They didn't make it. Mm. So now DC started with the ball on the... Or sorry, Arlington started with the ball on the DC 35. Because that didn't work. Because did those two penalties stack up? Mm-hmm. So... And one play later, Arlington scores again. Now it's 32. It was like a 30-yard touchdown, wasn't it? It was mm-hmm. like a 35-yard yeah. touchdown there. And so Luis Perez, obvi- player of the game, he threw for about 280 yards, three touchdowns. And the offensive player of the year, Jordan Ta'amu, quarterback for the D.C. defenders, three interceptions. Mm. And he once went, I think it was 150 passes without an interception during the season. That's crazy. So he was an incredible player. He played great all season. Now, D.C. did have some key injuries on defense happen in this game, but the end, final score ended up being 35-26 Arlington. One score game. So, our D.C. was an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, and they lost by nine. That's a 17-and-a-half-point swing. That's crazy. So, you know, Luis Perez comes over here, and he had a great um, promo after halftime where he was talking about how important his faith is, how important his Christian faith is in his perseverance mm. to this, because which I was, was amazing that this they kept Perez? it. This is Luis Perez, the quarterback of Arlington, because he's been a journeyman quarterback for about five years now, playing in every conceivable league mm. you can think of, just traveling from team to team. And when Vegas cut him and traded him to Arlington, he's like, I just, I got to keep going. God has a plan for this. Like, I want to complain, but I can't because God's in control. That's awesome. He's working this. And this is in his promo that he's doing there. Mm. And I was sitting with my wife watching the game, and I just said, well, time to reach out to him to see if he <laughs> wants to talk about the championship game. That'd be sweet. I would love to hear from him. And uh, so he wears number 12. Ironic, weird fact. <laughs> he's bowled 12 perfect games in bowling. Ironic. So anyway, defenders Ironic. Collapse. He's yeah. bowled 12 perfect games 12, in bowling? 300. That's not ironic. That is extremely impressive yeah dude's awesome defenders collapse at the finish line this was this was not good embarrassing and but the renegades they utilize the lessons they learned in the overtime loss to dc earlier in the year and i think we see this often in football in general we i i the game i always come back to is when the giants in the patriots perfect season the giants played the patriots on the last week of the regular season mm-hmm. played them well and then beat them in the Super Bowl because they had seen them now once before. Mm-hmm. And then I think back to the Patriots when they beat the greatest show on turf. They played the Rams earlier that year, played them well, 
and then found the upset. So there seems to be this... If I'm a championship team, I don't want to run into a team I'm going to play later on in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad the Chiefs didn't play the Eagles this season mm-hmm. on, on en route to the Super Bowl, even though Andy would have found a way to deal with it. <laughs> but now, how has the league succeeded in week in year one? I think there were 11 players that got invited to NFL rookie camp. Uh, you had two from the Battle Hawks. You had a few players from D.C., a couple from Seattle. Was the offensive player of the year, Jordan Tomlin? So there were 19 players that got tryouts. You had Darius Shepard from St. Louis, Hakeem Butler. You had this guy's name, Freedom Akinmaladin. Good luck. Great name. Luke Barku, great cornerback from San Antonio. He's going to Cleveland for that. Mm. Trent Harris, Jordan Thomas, Kevin Atkins, another Battlehawk, CJ Brewer, Lucas Dennis, Austin Faului, Alex Millette, uh, Chidi Okeke, Jocky Patrick, Charleston Rambo, Jack Snyder, Cam Sutton, and Barry Wesley. Hmm. So, so those are guys who got tryouts, not necessarily on mm-hmm. NFL teams. But. Yeah, they, they are currently in tryouts right now. Cool. So I think that's a success for the league. Sure. When you get 19 players to go some of the, some of these players were uh, on NFL teams once before then got cut and they're trying again now to get back but you think about it the way that even practice squad players are getting signed now we saw some players on the Patriots get signed to the practice squad for 350 grand that's life-changing money mm-hmm. for some of these guys and i think the rock and Danny Garcia they have to look at this as a success and hopefully going into week 2 they'll break 20 with these players that get back in. And I think The Rock marketed it well. He didn't come on at the end of the season and say, yeah, we're planning on making this a competitor with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Right. He came right out and said, we see ourselves as a springboard to get people to the NFL and get, get play on film. Yeah. So I think that is being handled very well, that aspect. So, so here's something that I think would be, I don't know what the, I don't know if this is like just the NFL or like some legal rule but would be really cool <clears throat> would be to do like what the um kind of like what they do with Europe like right when you are leaving high school for the NBA you can go play professionally in Europe mm-hmm. you don't have to play a year in college you just have to be a year removed mm-hmm. from so if the XFL makes it you only have to be 2 years removed rather than 3 years removed from college or from high school then you could have guys who instead of playing another year in college Go and play in the XFL. Is that what the G League does do too? I believe so. I believe you can play in the G League. That would be interesting because I I do see it as an alternative for these college players. To but the G Leagues are direct. It's a part of the NBA, right? Right. Like it's a it's a farm club, right? Similar to like the minors. This would be a completely separate league from the NFL. NFL is making no profits off of it, right? But it'd be and and it'd be a good way to get NFL scouts to your games, because they're going to be going for the guys that. that are going to be really good in high draft picks, but then they'll also get to see the other guys. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I think that might be, I don't know what, if that's possible, but to me, if I'm, I'm thinking that'd be a good business model. Like, I think the XFL has to do something like that to stay relevant. <clears throat> Someone like a Jamar Chase, right? Mm-hmm. Literally sat out a whole year mm-hmm. because he didn't want to risk injuring himself and losing his draft stock. So he just right. didn't play a year in college and still got picked number five, right? Right guy like JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He got 
he got injured his hamstring his this last year. I think he just milked Air it. Air quotes. For, yeah. I'm, I'm going to the NFL, yeah. so I'll be a first-round pick, so I'm not going to risk getting a major, major injury, right? Right. Remember what happened to Jameis, Jameson Williams? No. What happened? In the national championship game, he tore his ACL. Oh, So he yeah. sat out his whole rookie, basically his That's whole right. rookie year for Detroit. That's right. He, he was still drafted as a first-round pick, but. Right. Some people, that's it for them. Once you, once that happens, you know. Yeah. So I think it'd be a cool because you, it's professional. You still get paid, right? In the XFL, right? Right. So yeah, you make sixty grand and then a thousand bonus every win. Yeah, the only so the only thing that would change that is now mm-hmm. that you have the players getting paid nil money. Nil money. That, yeah. That might change that because you get a ton of money, mm-hmm. millions from that. So right. We'll see. Breaking news, Dallas Stars are up to nothing. Goal scored by Wyatt Johnston. Four mm. and a half minutes to go in the game. Dallas is up two to nothing. That's what I thought was going to happen. That well, Ottinger guy doesn't lose back-to-back games ever. Yeah, he's Rarely. He's pitching a shutout right now. He's stopped 17-17 right now. That's the thing. Seattle's not getting a lot of shots. They're outshot 17-28. Mm, that's not a good formula for winning. No. So... Let's get into our last topic here, Gideon. Let's, I, so last week we talked about, um, we wrapped up some of the soccer leagues. I want to just update that because we did have some significant changes coming in. So we had uh, Italy, Italy's league is stay the same. Napoli won that league. Um, we have a new league decided now. Um, La Liga, Barcelona has clinched their first league title since Messi's departure in 2019. So they have clinched that early with four games left to go. So good for them. Welcome back to the championship ring. English Premier League. We had some things happen this week. Mm. So, let's. I have to start with the fifth place and move up. So, Liverpool is currently on their. Let's see. It's their sixth straight win. So they've got eighteen points straight now. And they are trying to make it back to the top four because there's a very good reason why the top four is so important because those top four players, top four teams, qualify for the Champions League, which is a separate tournament that exists among the top four teams in each league of the European nations, if that makes sense. So the top four teams in Germany, or sorry, the top three teams in Germany play the top four teams in England. And the top four teams in Spain. It, so it's like a it's like a European tournament. It's a European wide tournament. What's it called? The Champions League. That's not the that's not isn't there like an actual European tournament that happens? That's called the Euro something. Yep. That's a different tournament. Yeah, because these are the club teams. The Euro tournament you're thinking of is the international team, like the the English team. Gotcha. Check yeah. check. So, there's a so these are the club teams that play in the called the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And that happens. So, do they play soccer? Is there an off season? Do yeah, they just play yeah, they, all year round, or how's that Europe work? Europe plays uh, September through May. That's their season in Europe. Just in your individual leagues. Yes, September through May. And then when does the championship league happen? The Champions League happens concurrently with their own league. So, like the 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 domestic leagues, like the English Premier League, those games happen usually on weekends. Okay. And the Champions League games are played. Tuesday or Wednesday. Every I'm other week. so confused, Ross. Okay, so so so, so their top four mm-hmm. is it once the season's over, it's the final four, or no. just in, during the season, the top four are constantly in this ever-changing, revolving door of a tournament. So when this league ends, this year ends yep. in a few weeks, uh-huh. the top four currently uh-huh. will play in next season's Champions League. Oh, which 
gotcha. Now yeah. I'm now I'm clear. Yeah. And that goes on concurrently. Concurrently for the whole season. For the whole season. It's the, the Champions League final is the last game of the year in the European calendar. And 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 that's also just it's not a tournament. It's just a, no. it's just your total score. So this one is a tournament. Ah, so there are playoffs in soccer. <laughs> yeah, but, but so were, I'll watch the Champions yeah. League. Speaking of, so like I said, uh, let's go back to Liverpool. They've Sorry, won, guys. We're good. They've Learning won, on the spot. They've won six in a row. They are currently one point back of fourth place. Sorry, they're one point back of the tie between third and fourth right now. Manchester United has 66 points. Newcastle United has 66 points as well. That's third and fourth. So Liverpool is trying to catch those those two okay. to get into the Champions League. Now, and who's at one spot right now? Manchester City is first. And then there's Manchester United? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll make a soccer fan out of you yet. Don't you worry. You might, dude. I love I love sports. So, so um, Man City is going to win the league because their contender, Arsenal, lost at home 3 to nothing this weekend. So, so that's it locked and loaded? It's over? The only way Arsenal can win is if Manchester City lose their last three games. They have to lose their last three games. So if they tie even one, it's over? Technically, no. Mm. But they won't. They won't. That won't okay. happen. It won't happen. Okay, so they just have to win one. Yeah, they have to. If they win one, it's over. Gotcha. Um, Arsenal has 81 points. Manchester City has 85 points. I don't know. Maybe, maybe an injury bug happens. We'll see. <laughs> Our Manchester City has too much too much depth to, to go out. Which you only have three subs, so how much depth can you have? When when your bench is more, more expensive than most of the teams in the world. Okay, fair that, enough. That's uh, well played. That's all, all you have to worry about. So. There will be a close race there for Liverpool to catch them. I hope they do. I th- my prediction was that uh, last month that Liverpool would need 71 points to catch Newcastle and Man United. It's shaping up to fit exactly that model as of right now. Wow. So we shall see. Uh, Southampton is confirmed to be relegated. They will go down. Leicester City lost today to Liverpool 3 to nothing. They have two games left and need three points as of right now to avoid the drop. And then Leeds has two games left, and they need at least two points to avoid the drop as of now, but we'll see. I feel like after talking with you about soccer, I could watch Ted Lasso again and actually understand some of the terminology. I haven't watched that show yet, actually. That's surprising. I, I, I've, I hear many people tell me I need to watch it. But let's update on Germany, because they are the last league, I think, to be decided. The last significant league, I should say, to be decided. You have Bayern Munich at 68 points with two games left to play. Borussia Dortmund at 67 points with two games left to play. Here's the thing, though. Dortmund's schedule to end the season is a cakewalk. They should win. Dortmund also has a history of choking Mm. in these must-win games. Now, Bayern Munich plays the third-place team, Leipzig, in their penultimate game. Bayern Munich has won the last 10 German titles, so we'll see how this shapes up. It would be interesting to see if Dortmund could finally knock them off their perch. But uh, as of right now, Germany, or sorry, Leipzig, Dortmund, and Bayern Munich are going to make the Champions League qualifications mm-hmm. next season. So good for them. And then going down, Hertha Berlin is going down. Stuttgart is probably going down. And Schalke doesn't look much better. So that is your soccer updates, Gideon. Sorry, no, we're not. We're not done yet. I forgot. Champions League. There are big games this week mm. for the Champions League. 
the semifinal of this season's Champions League is going on this week. So there is a tournament. There is a tournament going right now. This is from last year's good teams. Okay. Inter Milan, Italian team, okay. plays against their rival who shares the same stadium. Okay. AC Milan. Oh. In. Now the way the the playoffs work, the or so. You know how the playoffs, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm interested. You know how the World Cup has pool play that you have to make it out of uh-huh. the four teams, right? Champions League works the exact same way. Okay. You have pool play. So it's a round robin, and you have to be the top two, and then you move on to the knockout rounds, which is a single elimination. Kind of. Mm-hmm. In the World Cup, it's one single elimination. In the Champions League, you play home and home. Uh-huh. Whatever team scores the most goals over those two games advances. So dumb. <laughs> oh, so dumb. That's horrible. You've got to change that. Oh, I have a better better thing. They just changed the rules recently. Do you want to know what it used to be? Goals scored away from home in a tie counted as a goal and a half. You know what would be better, Ross? <laughs> uh, a three-game series would be better, Ross. And you have to actually just win the games <laughs> and be better in like games. So, Not just have a game where you did real good and that be worth something. Oh, that sounds horrible. So that To me in sports, that's where you get real dangerous when you start doing stuff like that. Like, it's a W or an L. So now, because of this, uh, Inter Milan won game one, two to nothing. So the next game is going to be AC Milan has to score at least two or they're out. Okay. Now... If it if they do if the game ends two to nothing in AC Milan's favor, they go to extra time, and if it's still two nothing, they go to penalty kicks. Okay. So that's what's going on there. The game of the week, though, is Wednesday, I believe. Manchester City host Real Madrid in Manchester. So I have a quick question. Yeah. So if the first game regulation time ends in a tie, do they just stop the game? Stop. The game ends in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a flow chart somewhere that I can help you. <laughs> you have to be actually a calculus major, a math major, in order to figure out who wins soccer games dude, in the I'm, Champions dude, League. I, I was homeschooled. That means I can read, but I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Jeez. So, Man City tied Real Madrid in Spain, in Madrid at the Bernabeu. They tied one to one. So, Real Madrid has this. Real Madrid and Manchester City have a ton of history. Okay. Last semifinal, last year, Real Madrid was losing three to one in Madrid. Okay. In the 89th minute out of 90. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real Madrid scored two goals in 90 seconds to tie the game up. That's insane in soccer, dude. And send it to extra time, which Madrid then scored two more goals and won five to three in extra time. And knocked out Manchester City. Manchester City were far and away the favorites. They were one minute. They were like, nine, they were. I think they were two minutes away from winning that entire thing and going to the final, and then lost. Yikes! Was what's his face on their team then? The really good kid? No, no. So this is his first year for Man City. Yeah, he's crushing it. So qu- question on that whole career, how you track soccer like yeah. statistics, yeah. right? For individual players, you said it's league play, right? Mm-hmm. So if if I'm playing in Champions League. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a, one of the top four teams in my 
individual league, yeah. I have a better chance of getting more statistics for mm-hmm. me personally because then I'm playing the Champions League yep. and getting more goals. The best players get rewarded with playing more soccer. Okay, interesting. So, so even in where this really comes into Champions League, because that's the most pr- prestigious club award title you can win. Is the Champions, Champions League. League. Like winning the Champions League. That's the baddest of the bat. As far as club play goes, yes. That's the highest you can get to. So do you, the question, yeah. do you ever have a team, because it's the previous year, mm-hmm. win the Champions League but get relegated in their league the, that year? That has never happened. That would be so funny. <laughs> now, they had to make a special rule back in 2005 when Liverpool won the Champions League because they won it but did not qualify it for the next season. <laughs> so they made a rule that said if you won the trophy, you get to play in the qualifying matches to get into the Champions League, mm. even if you don't qualify mm. by the league play. So they, wow. they made that special rules. rule. Yeah, because uh, it was the first time that it ever happened in yeah. 70 years. Of wow, tournament. okay. So when you're good, you're good. Yeah. There's no, like, streakiness. Exactly. Okay. And it doesn't pay... It's not. It doesn't pay to be loyal to a team that's bad Correct. in soccer. You just go to the best team with Correct. the best players. Ideally, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's why the Champions League qualifying is important because that lures... No wonder you love soccer so much. You just love watching the best. Yeah, and so exactly. it's like, oh, I don't know. All I have to do is watch the best teams. And Right. So do the best teams ever change in soccer, though? Or yeah. Yeah. So, like, Manchester City has never been good until 10 years ago. But they've been around for a long time. They've been around a very long time. Hmm. They, they were... They were. They just get a rich owner or something? Yep. Because okay. there's no salary cap in soccer. Right. I figured that. Once <laughs> you said that the highest played bench guys are higher paid than everyone else's guys. I mm-hmm. figured that one out quick. Yep. So that's what it all comes down to, really. And so, anyway, the big game is Manchester City, Real Madrid. If you can watch a game, watch that one. Real Madrid just has a history, even when they're bad, of coming up with enormous wins in this competition. They've won it more than everybody. They've won it, I think, 13 times. The Champions League? The Champions League. So... I'm just going to keep asking questions. Yeah. Um, how many rounds? So after I make it out of my, what do you call it? Your The pool. The pool. Yeah. How many rounds of play before I'm so playing for the championship? The round of 16. Okay. Quarterfinal, semifinal, so just final. 16 men. Mm-hmm. Racket. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's how that works. Then eight, then four, then final. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's the, the Champions League was what got me into soccer when I first started following the game way back okay. almost 25 years ago. So it's... So I want to make sure... Is it, is it the same as the World Cup where there's four teams in the pool and, the, and two advance? Yes. It is? Mm-hmm. And then there's 16 at the final, mm-hmm. which means there's 32 teams yeah. that go to the Champions League. Yep. In the World Cup, there's... It's a 64-man, right? It's 64 teams and it, then 32 make it out of the pool? Or is it my backwards on that? It's 32 because it's, it's... It's also 32 teams? Yeah, it's eight... Thir- eight four-team pools in the World Cup as well. Okay. So it's the exact same setup as the World Cup, just not single elimination. It's funky, weird, stupid elimination. Funky, weird, fun <laughs> elimination. Fun if you're a math major. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> I, until you watch it, the drama of the goal scoring, because the, the positive is you're not just trying to get a win, but even if you're up. In, so, like, let me. this is the greatest fight back I've ever seen in soccer history. Um, 2000. And 18, Liverpool were down three goals to nothing. They lost three to nothing in Barcelona okay. against against uh, it was Real Madrid. It was 2018. No, in Barcelona, Barcelona against Messi's Barcelona. Okay, three nothing. So they come back to Liverpool. They're down three nothing. They win four to nothing. 
Dang. And so you think about a statement. It, they were up three nothing, and even then, it's a tie because it's three to three. Mm-hmm. So they, if you're thinking about, it, one team is going to be pushing for that win, and if you're down, even if you're up, let's say you're up five, one after one game. You could be up. You could then have three goals, and you still you have to attack. The games are always exciting. The games are always high pressure because someone has to go score. You can't just. Sit I get back. that. It it um, incentivizes yes. offense. And it's, yes, exactly. And that's why they took away the away goals rule that the mm-hmm. goals are not worth more away from home now because you can't because usually what teams would do is when they were away from home is just park the bus in front of their goal and then try to get a counterattack goal and win one nothing, But now, because the goals are all the same, it, it tells teams, everyone, go attack. Go get a goal. So, it's a lot better now. Hmm. So. That's soccer. Gideon, breaking news. Dallas, or oh, sorry, one. Seattle scored 2-1, but the game has gone final. Your Western Conference final will be the Dallas Stars versus the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Fun. It'll be interesting. Gideon, good episode. Great work. Our best yet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Always. <laughs> it's always. Hopefully, we always get better. Yeah, exactly. As always, it's been a blast to do this with you, my friend. Now, for those of you who have listened, take this. Take what you've learned into your city and change your city for the kingdom. I'm Ross. That's Gideon. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.